Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to LettermanRow.com. I am Jeremy Birmingham. That is Spencer Holbrook. This is Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by our good friends at Fires Automotive. Uh, Spencer, the the info train is starting to pick up, right? The 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 train the train is is coming down the track. We have about uh, eight nine days until the February signing period hits. Um, and so we'll just start with what I think is what was on most people's mind this weekend is how did the visit of Rajon Davis, uh, the four-star linebacker from Matter Day High School in Santa Ana, California, uh, you know, a player who is committed to LSU for almost a year, reopened his recruitment uh, in December, and he was on Bermanology about three weeks ago, and he told me that he was really going to try to get to Columbus before signing day because he knew that that was the only way his parents would be on board with him committing to Ohio State if that's what he ended up wanting to do. Okay. Okay. Sets the, sets the scene, right? So then last Wednesday, Rajon Davis sends a text message to Ohio State coaches and says, hey, I'm coming to visit Columbus. And they're like, okay, cool. So now they know he's really serious, right? So visit happens Friday. It just so happens that that visit occurs the same weekend that all Ohio State's early enrollees are arriving uh, into town and on campus. So that should be a good thing, right? Yeah. You are making a lot of sense here, bro. Uh, right. It, it, it's, it's a good thing for the Buckeyes. They get they get to have maybe some of these uh, early enrollees snuck off and, and saw uh, Rajon Davis and his family. I don't know. Well, you know, the, the thing is, those players are allowed to do that if they did. Uh, there was some talk that he, he was able to meet up with a couple of the guys. Uh, Jalen Johnson came up from Cincinnati and and hung out with Rajon for for the weekend. Um, Jalen, for what it's worth, has continued to be one of the best recruiters in the Ohio State recruiting class. He doesn't get a lot of hype about it because he, unbelievably, is like the second to, second lowest ranked player in the class because that class is so ridiculously good. But uh, he came up and he came up with Devontae Smith, the former Ohio State commitment and current and Alabama signee. So he was hanging out with Rajon as well. Um, and, you know, it was an opportunity, really, the trip was to show the parents of Rajon Davis what Columbus was about so that if Rajon picked Ohio State, they would feel comfortable with him being in that city, essentially. Because, um, you know, when you're, when you're coming over from California, Rajon himself had been on campus one time before for about two hours. Um, every review that I've heard uh, about this weekend's trip from Rajon, from uh, sources at Ohio State, from other commits, from signees that had had a chance to hang out with him, seems like it could not have gone better. I think this is clearly right now um, a situation where Ohio State, if a decision had to be made today, and you know we're recording this Monday night, I think Rajon Davis would be trying to commit to Ohio State tonight. That's what I think. Um, now the question Spencer, of course, is, is that feeling going to be the same four days from now or nine days from now on signing day? And does the, 
post-visit glow wear off. Yeah, the post-visit momentum is always something to beware of. It's like buyer beware. I think uh, I think it's something that the Ohio State coaching staff takes seriously, the post-visit glow. Um, it's something that the, the players should take into account, that they shouldn't make any decisions based on a visit. Um, you know, in the, in that the very near future of the visit, I think, uh, but I think Ohio State wouldn't take a commitment from him in the first couple of days after because they probably understand that that's what what goes on. And I think that this is becoming a two team race. Would you say the same with Ohio State and USC? It um, feels like it. It certainly feels like it. Oregon was making a push uh, in the last couple of weeks, is what I was told. Um, but again, when you have this sort of opportunity to go and visit one school, essentially. He, he'd been to Oregon before. So I think that the fact that he chose to come visit Ohio State was obviously telling. And that's not a cheap trip. Let's just put it in very blunt terms. That is not a cheap trip to make. And it's not a very pleasant trip to make. I can't imagine to go from Southern California to Columbus, Ohio in the middle of January. I know I would probably rather be doing the opposite right now. Uh, so it, it says a lot about where this recruitment is heading. And I think the draw of leaving home is helping Ohio State, but it also could hurt Ohio State leaving home and going that far away. Um, so it's it's one of those push-pull recruitments, I think. There, you know, Spencer, I, I've had this thing and and it's one of the one of the alter ultimate tea leaves, I guess. I know people hate when we use that term, but um it's one of those things that I kind of have always felt. Same thing with Ben Christman, for example. Like if uh, not Ben Christman, I apologize. Um uh, uh, you know, the kid who committed to Clemson, Blake Miller, in the class of 2022 for, from, from Strongsville, Ohio. If you have an opportunity to choose the school that's right down the street and you and you don't the whole time, it's kind of, to me, telling me that you don't, you didn't want to be there at all. And I don't know that that's the case with Rajon and USC there. I know that there's people who cover the Trojans who are stating pretty plainly that this entire Ohio State visit, all the interest is nothing more than a smoke screen and somebody has to finish second. It's a way to stir up drama for a decision, yada, yada, yada. But to your point, Spencer, like I don't think a family of three uh, is going to fly across the country in January on their own dime to go from Southern California to 28 degree Columbus on a visit where you can't see coaches, where you can't go inside Ohio State facilities just for fun and just for a smoke screen. There's a much closer trip to Oregon that could have been made. There's a much um, closer trip to Arizona State that could have been made anywhere else that if you really wanted to pump up someone as a smoke screen, that would have made a lot more sense, uh, especially because we're in this COVID era and there are no official visits. So this had to be unofficial. And to me, that just makes no sense to even suggest that a fam unless Rajon and his family just have thousands of dollars laying around to, to throw away and, and to travel um, with in mid-January. Maybe they do. I don't know their personal finances. So um, it just seems it just seems to me like uh, a does not seem like your prototypical smokescreen. And I don't think this is the case. And this is why I don't think this is why they visited. But it's more likely that this visit was about, are you sure you want to go to Ohio State? Let's go check it out one more time. Then it is a smokescreen. Like, I, I just can't imagine doing that on your own money and leaving Southern California in January to use as a smokescreen. It just that, that, that's kind of puzzling to me to think that that would be the case. 
Yeah, and I know that there. I've seen people speculate that maybe it's a situation similar to that of Emeka Abuka, who had said all along, I'm not going to commit until I visit Oklahoma. So, you know, it, it was more like going to visit Oklahoma was validation for his choice, right? That was like the the final piece. That, that sounds good, but you have to remember Rajon Davis was already committed somewhere else for almost a year. So it's not like he was reluctant to pull the trigger and, and commit somewhere. He clearly had or has had the desire to go away from home, I think. And I think that that's being overlooked here. Um, but again, here we are. It's Monday night. The visit ended Sunday. This video will air on Tuesday morning. So, you know, anything that happens between now and then, I guess, uh, is up in the air. But I think the best thing for both sides, anytime that these visits happen, is to go home, take a step back totally reevaluate exactly how you feel and not get caught up in the emotions of, oh, that was super cool. I got to see the horseshoe. I got to do all this stuff. So I think that's what you'll see from Rajon Davis here in the next few days. I, I do believe that you'll probably see a couple crystal balls flip in the next day or two uh, in Ohio State's direction. But I don't know that that means anything nine days from now. And I guess that's ultimately where that conversation is going to um finally be you know finished so i do want to touch base if you don't mind spencer uh on Devonte smith being in since in, in columbus with jalen johnson obviously those two are related they're cousins they're best friends they play at cincinnati LaSalle high school together um there's been some scuttlebutting on the internet that um Devante multiple times in the last few months has tried to figure out if ohio state would let him back in the class after he decommitted over the summer I've been told that there's no real movement there on that happening. So, and plus, you know, he did sign with Alabama in, in December. So if he wanted back in at Ohio state or somewhere else, a lot of different things would have to happen for that to occur. So I don't think people should get wrapped up in that. Interesting enough. Okay. And then you mentioned uh, nine days from now, it's kind of an important day, which brings us to, uh, if you don't mind quickly, JT to him allow the the situation there yeah i mean i know again and i i don't always like to reference other entities when we're doing this show because i i know that's not necessarily um what people come to watch or listen for but you know there obviously has been for months a lot of momentum on this jt to allow to ohio state train a lot of people have thought that he was going to end up in in columbus since last april um, when he was supposed to make his first visit for the spring game, the visit that never occurred because of COVID. Um, as far as I've been told by talking to three pretty clued in folks in the situation room, nothing has changed. Um, the plan, and this is where I think confusion comes in for people, because over the last year, anytime that a conversation about JT Tuomalau would happen, the thought was he was going to wait until signing day to decide. That was, he was waiting until February and that's when he'd make his choice. But I think a lot of that belief was predicated on the fact that at some point before February, he'd get to take visits to the schools that he was interested in. And since that's not happened, there is right now, again, as of Monday night, no confidence on the Ohio State side of things that he's deciding in February. Like, so I could be completely wrong. I could be, you know, way off base here. Um, as we've talked about a number of times on Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Byers Auto, there is only one real 
uh, media person that JT talks to, and that's Brandon Huffman out in Seattle. So unless you see Brandon Huffman say that he's definitely signing in uh, February, I don't think that he's going to. And I think that any recent discussion about it happening in February is just based on people who haven't really followed what's going on here and just assume that he's like every other kid and he'll just decide in February. And people I talk to continue to say they think that it goes until maybe April or even May. It's pretty, pretty easy enough. Yeah. I mean, again, this, this is the whole thing. And Ryan Day talked about it last week, Spencer, at his uh, little, you know, teleconference with, with the Ohio state media, he pretty plainly said right now, Ohio state is maybe going to take one more guy in the class of 2021. And I think that that leads to some interesting discussions here over this next nine days, because if the numbers are that tight, and this is what, I guess it's the catch 22 of the class of 2021. You know, the, the fact is, We have no real idea what numbers are right now because of the free year from people coming back. Guys like Thayer Munford just decided they want to come back. You don't know how much uh, the the Buckeyes want to sacrifice a 21 prospect in the event that another guy decides to return or transfers or anything like that happen. So, you know, with 21 kids signed in the class, 15 of them already enrolled, I think that the Buckeyes probably have a pretty firm grasp on exactly what number they want to add moving forward. And I think it was telling that Ryan Day suggested pretty flat out. He didn't say we might take a couple more. He said, you know, we may have, we probably have one for room for one more. We're probably going to take one more. So the question is if that's hard and fast or if there's wiggle room, because that could obviously change a lot of things uh, in the next nine days. I mean, even with Ray John Davis, who knows? I mean, I'm not suggesting Ohio State wouldn't take him or whatever like that. I'm just thinking that there's some discussions that have to be had um, about how you work this out number-wise because um, you don't want to put yourself in a position where your roster uh, makeup is so out of whack when it comes to, you know, freshmen versus returning guys versus, you know, people who are going to leave. The Buckeyes obviously are – you know, going to have to make those discussions happen quickly. Yeah. And Ohio state knows its numbers. Ohio state knows what, what the numbers look like better than we do. Uh, believe it or not, Way and, uh, Ohio state has never taken a snap in a football game over the scholarship. Formula. So they, they always have, have, we talked about it last year because there was a big issue about, about number crunches and it always has a way of working itself out. And whether Ohio state takes one guy or two guys or no guys, it's going to work itself out. And I think that yeah. that's the biggest answer for any of that uh, concern. Yeah. And that's the thing. We, the, the number this year isn't 85. So we don't really haven't been given a, a concrete answer as to what the number is or what the number Ohio state is targeting. But I think we can safely assume based on the fact that again, Ryan day said last Thursday in a teleconference that he wanted one more guy in the class of 2021. So um, we'll see if that changes or if they can can maneuver from there. So um, that is where we're going to take a little bit of a break. Spencer and I will be right back after a word from our sponsor. My name is Doug Worthington, former Ohio State Buckeye, six-year NFL vet. When I had to make a transition from the NFL, I dealt with a lot of depression and anxiety. You don't have to do that alone. With BetterHelp, will assist your needs and match you with online licensed professional therapists. You can connect in a safe way with private online environment. It's so convenient, it's also confidential. You can also start communicating in less than 24 hours. It's not help, it's professional counseling. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses 
Plus, you can schedule weekly videos or phone sessions, all without leaving the comforts of your home. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. Licensed professionals, counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, and also self-esteem. Everything, again, you share is confidential. It's convenient. It's professional. Also affordable. I want you to start living a happier life. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsors at BetterHelp.com slash Letterman Row. That's BetterHelp.com slash Letterman Row. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Letterman Row. Start now. Get your help you need. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Letterman Row for your 10% off. Welcome back to Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Letterman Row and Byers Automotive. Uh, Spencer, we were just talking about numbers, right? And, and numbers are skewed and changed because we're entering this bizarre transfer era, right? And, and we talked a little bit about transfers a week ago on the show. And then like another huge name entered the transfer portal like the next night and things change. So, you know, I'm going to let you break down what we're talking about here because you're better at pronouncing this name than me. So go ahead. Yeah. Former freshman All-American. Uh, I think he was a five-star, maybe four-star. Henry Tooto from Tennessee, four, high four-star. Uh, really impressive in 2019 as a true freshman. Uh, went in the portal. And a lot of rumors flying around about interest from Ohio State and confirmation of interest from Ohio State and confirmation of conversations that have been had yeah. between Ohio State and, and the To'o family. So it's a, it's a fast-moving cycle in the transfer market, but it's also a, uh, something that's worth keeping tabs on. Yeah, I mean, that one is, I can confirm very uh, plainly that there has been contact uh, between the Buckeyes and To'o's family, and it's been pretty consistent since the night that he entered the transfer portal a, a week ago Wednesday, and that is really a, a ball that's in the air because Ohio State it doesn't want to build a program on transfers. We've talked about that before. They really prefer to develop their guys from freshman year on, but there's something intriguing about a guy that could have three years and but and still be a plug-and-play type player. Uh, ahead of him. And and that's what Henry Toto brings you. He's not a one-year rental. He's at least two years if, if um, you know, everything goes right. And he's a player that when you're losing four of your, your top four linebackers, you could feel comfortable putting him in right away and playing. Now, for the Buckeyes, that means that, again, you have this discussion going on about Rajon Davis. You have this discussion going on about uh, Paulier uh, and Neoteote, how, how that plays out. I believe if it was down to one or the other of those two guys, Ohio State would probably lean towards to O2O simply because he's not a one-year guy. And you realize anytime you bring in a transfer, you are sacrificing the career of somebody else on your roster, essentially. And I think that um, if you're going to do that, you don't do it for just a one-year guy. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And I think that Toto is one of the most talented linebackers, not only in uh, – at Tennessee, not only in the SEC, but in the country. I think he's the kind of guy that can change your defense uh, from a linebacker position as much as a linebacker can. And I, I'm not going to toss that around lightly. I truly believe that about him. I think he's a game changer. 
And if you can bring a game changer in and have him for more than one year, I mean, that's, that's a dream come true. And, and he's a guy that you would recruit to campus and be able to plug in basically in your eyes as a, you know, a, a first year player and have him for multiple seasons and be able to change games the way that you need linebacker play in the big 10. I think that's a no brainer. Yeah. And, and that brings up the challenge. However, as you mentioned, you bring him to campus, but you can't bring him to campus. Transfers are, are under the same rules as uh, regular recruits. So it's not like he can make a visit to the school. The other programs that are in the mix for him are Alabama, um, uh, Oregon, USC, Michigan. He's been to all those places. He's never been to Ohio State. Um, he, Ironically, despite the fact that Al Washington was at Michigan, went to O2O was uh, a recruit, coming out of high school, the relationship he had with Michigan was not with Al Washington because Al Washington was the defensive line coach at that time for Michigan, not the linebackers coach. So you don't know exactly um, how much groom Ohio State has to, to salvage, how much ground they have to make up. But I know from talking to people around the program, like if, if you had to pick a a guy here it's probably to o to o that you go with a linebacker and there are some who want still to bring in to o to o if you can and sign ray john davis so it's it's going to be one of these um you know moving parts over the next couple of weeks and to o to o and all these transfers especially because he's not a grad transfer can't really just dawdle he can't wait too long to make a decision because he has to be in school so um you know, I, I think that the Buckeyes would be willing to probably move on from uh, 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 if, if they had to in order to bring in a to Oto. Maybe that's moot. Maybe it doesn't matter because maybe they'll sign neither. But, you know, I, they there is interest in adding him if he is interested in Ohio State, which he is. But how much? We don't know. But then well, there's the well, other transfer. Right. Go ahead. Oh. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, let's also do. remember that if Tennessee hires a coach in the next two weeks and he convinces Henry to, to, to stay at Tennessee because if Tennessee somehow hires a good coach, I mean, that's also a possibility. So he doesn't have to leave Rocky Top if he doesn't want to. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, that's something to pay attention to as well because you just don't know where they're going to go at Tennessee. It could be a million different directions. Um, you know, and that brings us to the, the one transfer that – hasn't happened that everyone wants to keep talking about. And that's Elias Ricks. I mean, again, as we talked about last week, it's hard to get too in depth with that conversation because he has not entered the transfer portal reports out of Baton Rouge or that he's been telling the staff there that he's thinking about it, that he's maybe even leaning towards transferring, but he hasn't done it. And he's still in school and he's still, you know, at football meetings and that kind of stuff. So, um, if he enters the transfer portal, I think Ohio State is the favorite to land him. If he doesn't, then so what, right? Yep. Do you got uh, you got any time for questions, Byrne? I got always got time for questions. All Let's right, well, I got three. We got a lot of good questions. Um, oh. Some questions that you know were questions, but we got a, a, a few good questions. Uh, and uh, let's start here. Uh, this is kind of a challenge for you, Berman. I'm going to hold you to this one. Which uh -oh. month? will have the most commitments from the Ohio State 2022 class? Um, I'm going to go with May. It's going to be May. Um, it's going to be May because I believe that 
the you know the dead period hopefully will be over in April. A lot of these kids that have been waiting and waiting and waiting to get on campus will get their opportunity. Uh, and then they'll go home. They'll finish taking some trips around the country. And I, so I'm going to go with May. All it's right. gonna, it's gonna be May. All right. Second question. Um, first of all, Berm Chives, I hope you were both well. We are, I believe. Um, yeah. Berm, after your recent conversation with Jalen Walker, uh, how would you handicap the linebacker recruiting for the 2022 class? Would Ohio State take both Sean Murphy and Walker? Certainly seems like at least one or possibly two of those guys could shift down to defensive end. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the rub. I think I don't if, if all things being what they are today, and again, we're just talking about the linebacker conundrum in twenty twenty one. I don't know that I don't know that they would actually if they had to make a decision today. I don't think that they would take another one in twenty two. But the the real you know issue here is Deshaun McCullough. If he ends up, I look at Deshaun McCullough and I almost see like a Zach Harrison type frame. I mean, he could end up at six foot six. 255, 260 pounds. And it's hard to see him staying at linebacker if that's the case, but he is a freaky enough athlete that he could do a lot of different things. Um, CJ Hicks, I think is, is, is the most likely to stay at the outside linebacker position. Uh, I think Gabe Powers maybe is a guy that would move inside down the road. That's just the way I personally see him. Um, and so if that happens, especially if Deshaun drops down to a, to an end or turns into that hybrid role where he can play a bunch of different spots. Then I think you do go after someone else. I think Jalen Walker is the most natural fit right now because he's a true outside linebacker, uh, which is what they need in that role. I don't think that Sean Murphy is that guy. Uh, he's a much more of a traditional Mike linebacker. And, you know, I, I know there's been a ton of talk about him because of the relationship that he's had with CJ Hicks and, and, you know, the, those two are very close friends and the Buckeyes recruits or have been involved with him, but it's a long way to go. I think he only had like a top 10. Um, and, you know, he does have family in Ohio, so there's a lot of moving parts. But I, I, th I don't think that there's any way they would take two more uh, linebackers at that position. So uh, to me right now, if I'm handicapping it, I think Jalen Walker would be the favorite simply because athletically he's a guy that, He's an outside guy all the way and more of that edge rusher that I think Ohio State is looking for. Uh, and I also think another guy that's worth mentioning in that role, again, depending on how his body changes, is that Jihad Campbell, who was also on Bermanology a few weeks ago, um, who's now down at IMG. Jihad is a guy that I, I, he could end up staying in that six foot four, six foot five, 235 pound range. And if he does, you know, he could be a bigger outside linebacker as well. So, um, I would say that those two are, are who I would have ahead uh, in that race currently. All right, one more. We got one more for you. Um, it's two questions. I'm going to put it into one. Um, uh -huh. Somebody asked, "Who are the remaining defensive back targets in 2022?" And 
there was another question about Jair Brown talking to other schools. So I think we can just lump those two together and make them into a little defensive back, uh, you know, powwow here. Sure. Uh, let's, I mean, we'll just start with the obvious. Jaheim Singletary is the five-star cornerback committed to Ohio State. Jair Brown's committed to Ohio State. So you have two corners committed. I think that uh, Jair, and we've talked about him months ago on the site, if, you know, people go back and find it. There's always going to be conversation about these guys talking to other people, especially someone like Jair. He's extremely personable. He doesn't shy away from saying what he thinks when he's got a microphone in his face. He'll talk to pretty much anybody at any camp. Um, and all these kids, every single kid in, in Ohio State's class of 2022 is talking to other schools. Like, don't don't get yourself confused. Like, even the most diehard committed player, CJ Hicks or Deshaun McCullough, they're, they're still having conversations with other schools. Like you have to, you're doing your due diligence, you're building relationships. You're telling them all along, Hey, I'm very happily committed, but you know, what if Ryan day gets fired? What if Ohio state gets put into a situation where something weird happens in the program? You just don't know. So you, you keep your options open. Um, Jair is, is a different thing just because you don't know exactly, um, what role he sees himself in and, and in a class where you're looking at Will Johnson, who we'll talk about in a second, uh, or, or Denver Harris, um, you know, you have three of the top five cornerbacks in the country, uh, Damani Jackson, who's a matter day uh, prospect just committed to USC. Another reason why I think if we go back to the top of the show here and talk about Rajon Davis, that there is this groundswell out in the West coast of kids deciding to stay home and play at USC with Corey Foreman and Damani and, maybe Rajon. Um, but I, don't, I mean, the numbers are going to be the, the question because the Buckeyes signed six defensive backs uh, in the class of 2021. You, you wonder with five more in the class of 2020, like, do you really have a need for anything more than one or two corners and one or, you know, and a safety or two. So I think it's going to be a four man defensive back class all in all. And so they're going to be really picky and, and Jair, what were I him, I would tread lightly knowing that there are a lot of guys out there that have a very real interest in Ohio State. And it is okay to have conversations with other schools. It's smart to do so. But you also need to be pretty careful about how you present yourself uh, as a commitment. If you're saying to people that, you know, you're going to see how it goes and whether or not you're going to stay committed or not, you might end up making that decision, you know, uh, inadvertently because someone else may make it for you. Um, so I would just think that he needs to make sure that he knows or that the coaching staff at Ohio state knows exactly where his head is, what, you know, he wants to do. But on, on Letterman roll last week, I, I was um, able to talk to a, another Louisiana defensive back who's been racking up offers lately. And he said, Jair's one of the main guys talking to him about Ohio state. He hasn't heard from Ohio state coaches, but he does talk to Jair. So, uh, and Jair tells him, I love Ohio state, I love Ohio state. So, it's 2021. Oh my gosh, it's 2021. Um, but all these kids are talking to other schools. None of them have been able to visit anywhere. They're they're all sort of just antsy, I think, ready for for the recruiting process that they dreamt of going through when they were younger to come to you know fruition so they can actually experience it the way that they thought they would. So I'm not personally gonna be surprised when. April rolls around and a lot of guys who you think are committed or longtime commits end up looking elsewhere. Even guys like Damani Jackson, I think that when that reopens, he's going to take official visits. And so you just don't know what's going to happen 10 months from now. This is going to be a wild, wild cycle. 
Yeah, we thought it was going to be in the 2021 class, but it turns out most of the action will happen in the 2022 class. Um, and then I know you wanted to touch on Will Johnson, so let's let's let's. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think you know, we, again, we we have talked about that, Spencer, but it's one of those situations where I think that the longer this goes without a decision, the worse it is for Ohio State. I mean, period. And that's not a knock on anything Kerry Combs is doing, but you, what the Buckeyes are banking on right now is that the relationship that Kerry Combs has with him is better than the relationship that Mo Lundquist has with him at this point. Michigan's new defensive backs coach, who they hired from the Dallas Cowboys, and you know Kerry Combs coming from the Titans, and you know you have NFL guys, you have a lot of this, you know, buzz. There's just not a lot of uh, big time players that come from Michigan in that mold. And Michigan simply cannot afford to let Will Johnson go to Ohio State. So they're going to pull every punch they can uh, or, or, you know, pull no punches, I guess, and, and doing whatever they can to make sure that they tell him, you're our guy. We can't have you go to Ohio State. And, you know, we saw over the weekend what they're willing to do in an attempt to get their guys. I mean, they needed Donovan Edwards in that class of 2020 very, very badly. And now Ronald Bellamy, his coach, is, is Michigan's new wide receivers coach. So at this point, you don't know exactly what sort of conversations are being had. I'm not saying anything unscrupulous is happening, but it is interesting that a program that's been struggling for so long is willing to give away a, a, a seasoned position coach like Ed Warner, who despite, you know, what Buckeyes fans may think of him as an offensive coordinator or whatever, his, his work with the offensive line has been pretty, pretty good. The fact that they were willing to move on from him to bring in a guy straight from being a high school head coach tells you where their priority is right now. And that is they realize they're getting their tail kicked on the recruiting trail and they need to bring in guys that are going to help them get players. So, well, how does that work out with Will Johnson? Who knows? Congrats to the Gross Point uh, head coach for his new job at Michigan next year. That's yeah, exciting. I mean, it, it, it's it, the, the thing is, uh, Jim Harbaugh sort of created this rule uh, years ago when they tried to um, bring in Michael Johnson, a wide or a quarterback from out in Oregon, when they hired his dad to be the quarterback's coach uh, or brought his dad in to be a, a staff member, not a full-time position coach. And then they changed the rules so that basically if you hire – a coach from a high school that a prospect that you sign comes from, he has to be a full-time assistant or you can't sign another player from that school for like two years. So Michigan could have had Bellamy come in and be, been a assistant, you know, assistant coach, not like a full-time. And then they wouldn't have been able to recruit West Bloomfield for, t- for two years. So this way you say, Hey, here's a former Michigan wide receiver. He's coaching at a high level in high school. He's got a ton of players at West Bloomfield that they really like, including like three other kids in the class of 2022 that Michigan's offered. And you start to see what drives the decision. But how that plays out on the field as far as development goes when it comes to college receivers, I guess we're going to find out in a short order. But um, when it comes to Ohio State and Will Johnson, it's really about, hey, this is what we've done. This is what Kerry Combs has done. This is what he's done with cornerbacks for the last decade you know, what, what, what's, what's the holdup. And really it's going to be Michigan saying, please don't, please don't, please don't, please give us a chance. Please give us a chance to show you what we can do. Um, so I think that for Will, it's like, if he decides anytime real soon, 
it's it's kind of like a vote of no confidence. You know what I mean? Like to me, that's how I read it. So if he waits until April or May, I don't think there's any way he ends up at Ohio State. That's just my personal feel. All right. But what else? Anything else? You good? Uh, I think I'm good. We got, uh, we had 25 questions. Uh, if you want to ask a question, come to my Twitter page or Burns Twitter page. We've got the, uh, the link to the, to the Google form. Um, but yeah, we appreciate all the questions and we'll try to get to more of them. Uh, maybe maybe our second show this week. Yeah. Our second show this week will be just all questions. So we'll, we'll do that in a few days. And, uh, you follow Spence at Spencer Holbrook on Twitter or at Berm, or you can leave questions on our um, iTunes, you know, podcast uh, review page or whatever. So um, that'll do it for tonight. Today's episode tonight, today, tonight, today, uh, uh, episode of Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Letterman Row and Buyers Automotive. That's Spencer Holbrook. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. Thanks for watching, folks. We'll be back next time uh, with more stuff. See ya. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.